Marketing, entrepreneurship, and all things small business. You're listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Now, here's your host, Justin Miller. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Justin Miller, along with co-host Kevin Walker. Yay! We are all the way up to episode 28, which on our original schedule probably should have happened about, uh, I don't know, a year ago, right? Maybe yeah. two? Two. <laughs> but uh, good nuggets. I know that there's still people listening because I'll get emails every once in a while. Um, people check out the company by listening to the podcast sometimes, I think. Well, that's the thing about podcasting is that just when you, you're... you're releasing new episodes but you never know when someone might go back to episode four yeah and they've never heard it or they heard listen to it again and i remember we left some easter eggs in the early ones so <laughs> yeah fun to find it's true uh episode 28 we're talking about a topic head-on that is not discussed very much openly that's uh staffing and pay and wages in particular Ugh. yeah but this is a headache is a, a big thing right now oh yeah it's uh an atomic bomb dropped on uh, the entire employment situation in this country. Um, and it came up on, on a recent group call I was on that several people, including myself, you know, are discussing this and having concerns and wanting to stay on the top side of, you know, how do we pay people in this type of environment without going broke, without overpaying, without underpaying? Um, those local to us know that Amazon's coming and building a distribution hub here in Davenport, Iowa, as they're going to put a thousand jobs in at $16 an hour starting plus benefits, which in this area of the country is decent wage for that. That is. Work. And um, the benefits will probably be pretty good. Yeah. So it's got a lot of other employers a little bit scared. Mm -hmm. And also uh, it has us wondering where on earth they're going to find the thousand people as everyone's kind of short staffed. Well, I know when, I mean, when you read the newspaper initial coverage of it, they talked about how Amazon thought they would draw from like Galesburg and Iowa City. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to drive 60 miles to for a $16 an hour job. Yeah, I mean, I, that seems a, I don't know how you're going to find a thousand people, even in an area of 380,000 or whatever the Quad Cities is. That seems to be an awful lot. Yeah, to, I mean, I'm, I'm all for the economic development aspect of it and also the inevitable one-day delivery of a lot of items I buy on Amazon now. <laughs> and that's what matters. <laughs> well, because during the pandemic, de delivery has, I mean, you got used to that second day for free. And now I'm like, what do you mean I'm going to get it on Monday? That's five days yeah. away. It is kind of funny. Everyone complains when your prime two-day shipping on an item is not two days. I mean, we've got items that are freight delivery from prime. And mm -hmm. Everyone still expects them in two days. That's Fairly unheard of on, on freight unless it's local. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I don't know if Amazon thinks that they will just find all these people, or do they expect that they're going to somehow draw people that are working for other businesses to quit and come work for them? I'm not sure. They probably wouldn't care if that happened. Uh, Amazon's you know, kind of known to dominate. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can remember when the Walmart started getting built up, uh, you know, Silvis in particular, I think, but also the first one in Moline. You know, everyone's all always kind of up in arms as those go up you know it's going to destroy the local retail and it probably did um but you know you, you can't really fight them you have to fight no. them on other things you know service or unique items things like that but uh yeah i mean the staff's a big part of that no staff and nothing else matters right mm -hmm. um so let's talk about that so we have 
and we won't go into specific dollar amounts necessarily, but we'll go relative. Otherwise, it's going to be very easy for uh, everyone to figure out who I'm talking about here. Uh, <laughs> inevitably, this will be the number one listened to episode amongst my staff. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Probably years too. <laughs> yes. Years perk up. Yeah. But I, I mean, what we're talking about here when we compare it to other employers, it, you know, it's called external equity. You know, if that person goes out on the open market, you know, are they receiving a wage comparable to what they would elsewhere for a similar job? And that's something we always got to look at. And it's kind of it's kind of hard to look at and see right now because you see almost every advertisement. You know, if you're on traditional media, like every television station, radio station, every break has ads for employment. Oh, yeah. Uh, billboards everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the signs and windows. Uh, I, I go through probably more drive through restaurants than I should. And several of them now have signs up several days a week and they're closed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be closed Sunday through Tuesday because our staff needs a break. The ones we have, we can't find new ones and, and they need a break. I've never seen that in my life. No, neither have I. And it's, um, it, it makes you wonder where, I mean, those people didn't just go away. I mean, they're not, I mean, it's not like suddenly those people have moved to a different country. They're here. They just don't want to work. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people, I mean, there's multiple categories, right? We have a lot of people that have permanently shifted uh, their situation to where they probably won't ever go back in the marketplace as, as a worker. Yeah. You know, they, they found a way to make it work or they moved from a dual income household to a single income household, something like that, or retired early. Mm-hmm. A lot of options. Maybe some went back to school. Uh, be a little crazy to do so, but we'll stay off that topic. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's some as less. There's some that, of course, you know, fit the stereotype that's floating around that are collecting the unemployment. And there's literally no financial benefit to them going back because they're, they're making more by not working, which, you know, you can make the argument either way, right? You're not providing any value, but you know, you'd be an idiot not to take it, I guess, then too. You know, you could argue that from either side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I see everything you could possibly try and do to hire someone in these employment ads. We got uh, crazy bonuses, you know, like $500,000, $1,500 bonuses for fast food. Yeah, the quick star up the street from my house, $500 if they hire you. Yeah. To stand there and say, yes, pizza, $7. Get pump two. And I'm like, $500? Yeah, so let's, let's talk about the signing bonus. So someone that responds to that. Yeah, normally, if it's a large enough dollar amount, those are scattered over They have paychecks. to be, t- they're, yeah, they're tied yeah. to something. You can't just come in and work here three days. Yeah, because we, we know what's going to happen then. Uh, that person will be there three days, and then they'll be on to the next one. Yeah. Um, but it is an enticement for someone to start looking and jump ship. You know, hey, you're going to get this extra money to make up for your hardship for switching jobs. Um, I got a haircut today, and the girl at Great Clip says, we were talking because I've seen her before, and she's like, I'm going to nursing school. She goes this nursing program I'm in, some of the area hospitals are offering $10,000 bonuses if you stay in a nursing job for six months. That's 10 grand. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. You know, I, I start thinking other things immediately, and I'm sure the worker does too. Well, if they can afford that, why isn't the wage higher to begin with? True. And, uh, you know, behind the scenes, we just sent out for our customers the second price increase in a year, which... Never had two price increases in a year. The first one was due to raw material cost increase. Second one was due to postage increase. And in the letter that went out, I explained, hey, 
you know, our wage costs have gone up significantly as well. We haven't put this in either of these increases. Like we'll go back to annual increases as necessary as best we can. Um, but FYI, we're eating it right now, you know, we try and ease the burden, but I don't think it's changing. I think everything's going to continue going up in price for at least the foreseeable future. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And I, I wonder, I almost like wonder where does it stop because I don't see an end to it or I don't see the circumstances changing because you're right. If it, whether it's $500 at a gas station or 10,000 to be a nurse, then I think, well, where would I, I've, cause you and I've had this conversation off mic. I'm now looking for people and I'm in that same boat. I'm like, I wonder if I'll have to offer a signing bonus just to get you to come and work in my photo booth business or I mean, I can see in a skilled position that you pay a lot of money to have someone that maybe you can say, look, and if you if you commit to this today or this week, I'll do this. But for a job that five years ago, we would have just accepted the turnover and moved on and hired someone else. Why would I want to offer a bonus knowing that you probably aren't going to stick it out anyway? Yeah, well, or it's the other way around. Like my team right now is amazing. I want to do everything to keep them. Um, That includes continually looking at wage increases. Problem is, once you put that in place, if you're doing it due to external factors, you can't really take it back. So now I permanently have higher overhead, um, not necessarily an indication of any more successful of a business um, or more revenue coming in the door. I just... I just put the company on riskier ground. Does that become is that becoming just the cost of doing business to maintain your current workforce that is it that is that are good people? Yeah, possibly. I, I don't mean, I don't know I, I don't know how else you have the conversation. Hey, we're gonna give you a temporary increase. We're yeah, we're gonna give you the equivalent of a signing bonus. Here's even a stipend. It's not, Here's know? a stipend. Yeah, I, I I I'm not quite sure. I know a lot of people are are looking at this though and having the same thoughts and concerns. You know, same with benefits. You know, there's more benefits being offered in jobs that they didn't used to exist in. Um, we continue to look at them here. We put a 401k in place earlier this year. We're looking at different types of health cost plans uh, probably for next year. Um, but all these things just increase uh, the overhead. and Substantially, right? I mean, I, I, don't ha- I have all part-time employees, so I don't offer any health or dental or f- even 401k. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right? But as a growing company with slim margins to start with, you know, this this makes all other decisions involving money more difficult. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we'll talk about, actually, we'll probably take a break here. And when we come back, let's talk about uh, paying people for what they're doing. And also, there is a couple nuggets here on things other than financial compensation to uh, lure people in and keep them and keep everyone happy. So we'll be right back. And now, now back to the profit 911 podcast with your host, Justin Miller. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, employee wage retention, pay everything around it. While we were on break there, uh, Kevin, you made a good point. And that was, I think a lot of companies, when the pandemic hit, were able to hit reset and blame the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mentioned we can't like temporarily give people increases and take them away. I think that people that had permanent increases, some companies did take advantage and take stuff away, blaming the pandemic, or maybe we're forced to. Um, 
but ultimately, you know, if anyone's on the receiving side of that, yeah, that's that's not going to end well. <laughs> no, eventually you're going to get resentful yeah. or bitter, or you're going to start looking for something else. Yeah. Um, I suppose because with all the, here's the other weird thing that we're talking about people that don't want to work. Isn't in theory it a great market if you're successful and offer a lot? You'd think there's, I mean, in certain fields, now would be the perfect time to look for a job. Well, right. And that's that's the corollary to why the employers have to be looking at what else is out there, right? Um, because absolutely, if you were are in a crappy position, and it's a little industry dependent, right? But in general, if, if you're in a bad job, you know, now would be the time to look because the employer's not even going to really look at your employment history other than see if it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, job hopping would be ignored a little bit, I'm sure, uh, because a lot of employers are desperate. You know, I've, we've always said, you know, best time to hire is when you don't need someone. Um, Has all that changed now? Has the pandemic <laughs> changed everything so? No, it's, it still applies, but it's been such a long time period that not needing someone may have turned to needing someone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when you need someone versus don't need, do you think it's, I mean, I would assume it's easier to make mistakes in hiring. It's easier to cut corners. It's easier to maybe not be as diligent because you're right. I need somebody now. So I'm not sure you fit. I think you fit, but I mean, I won't. In a previous episode, we talked about some of the characteristics and and the different tendencies and some of the tests that you'll give to determine who's, you know, where they fit. Do you tend to cut corners and say, I'm going to, I'm going to save that cash and save that process simply to get you in the door. Well, yeah. So typically in hiring the employer in general had the upper hand Mm -hmm. and you would have a boatload of applicants, make them jump through hoops. It's the opposite right now. The employee has the upper hand. So obviously you want to filter to a good candidate, but when you find that good candidate and this has happened while we're hiring, chances are they're sitting on a handful of different offers and they're sitting there weighing which one they want the most. That's true. It's a little bit like real estate. If you're if you're selling a house now, you know, you're kind of in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, let's shift gears from what sounds like employers paying as little as possible to, you know, where does it stop on increases? Because there, there is a point where you can only pay so far. But there's also a point on the employee side where once basic needs are met and they have a good quality of living, all of a sudden monetary compensation may not be the driving factor anymore. Yeah, And this is probably the saving grace for companies that treat their employees well, um, is that it's not all about money for almost everyone. Um, so everything else surrounding employment starts to become more important. And that may it's going to be different for different people. It may be perks. It may be flexible schedule. It may be remote work for some. Um, it's, it's personal preference at that point. So it might be a refrigerator stock if, full of if, whatever you got out in the front here. Yeah, I mean, I mean if we've hit that basic need, we're on to the next level of human need, right? Yeah. Um, we used to do really good with hiring part-timers that, you know, they didn't really need the work. They wanted out of the house, wanted to provide value and feel valued. Mm-hmm. And we paid them fairly for that. Um, right now, we aren't using that tactic anymore. We're all full-time and key staff at this point, but um, that historically has worked well. Um, so, yeah, I got to figure out what different people's motivations are and, and sell to that. And, and I've told some staff that's helped with interviews. I'm like, this is a little different than it used to be before. Yes, we're screening. We're looking for everything we want. We want to make sure this person's a good fit and provide value. But at the exact same time, we got to sell them on the company and the job. True. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not the traditional adversarial interview anymore. Especially if you're not their only option. No. And 
you best bet you're not. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that will only, I think, get more intense as unemployment insurance starts to go away completely here in the fall. Then suddenly, there will I think there will be more people who are still holding out, because I've seen that too. Eh, you think you can still have this job open in October? <laughs> uh, let me guess. You have, you're have you on unemployment until September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see if that happens, for one. We're kind of uncertain on political end right now. Um, and second, you know, for most employers, there's going to be a certain category there they don't want. You know, the ones that are collecting it with a lot of logical and legitimate reasons, absolutely. They're, they're going to get a fair chance coming back in the workplace. Um, and, and I'm not talking about jobs that just need bodies. Now I'm talking about more key-type skilled labor. Um, so you'll, you'll get some of those. And then there's others that frankly are probably going to be filtered out once the table switch again, we're, we're going to look at that history and you know, see what that person was doing and where they stand and why. Yeah, that's uh, true. It probably says a lot. Now, the other thing is though, we, we can't just pay infinite dollars. Right. And, and this is a discussion that also came up today and it, it had to do with grads coming out of college with a giant boatload of student loan debt. And uh, feeling that they had to make a certain wage and they were entitled to it because they, quote, need it well, to pay off these payments. Well. Um, and frankly, you can only pay someone for what they are doing right now and what the value they provide. You know, That's true. Your debt load is not as relevant to me as it is to you. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the value you provide the organization. Yeah. Yep. Um, whether, I mean, if you went to school for free versus have 200000 in student loan debt, that really doesn't factor into the doesn't change it. wage discussion. No, not at all. Uh, the external equity amongst other companies does, for sure, mm-hmm. um, and other offers that may be on the table. But you know, bottom line, we got to pay for what people are doing. Uh, and that, that, you know, we brought this up with uh, wage increases too, right? Um, I try and make it pretty clear out the gate that, at least in my company, we don't have like the annual performance review. That's what I was going to ask. If, if, are your re, are your raises potentially because you see someone doing excelling above and beyond where you hired them, or was it yearly? Hey, let's let's sit down and have your review. Yeah, no, I mean we do have reviews, but I I try not to tie uh, raises directly to that meeting because that's what it becomes then. Like, oh, we'll come in, we'll sit yeah. down, I'll get yep. my raise. Yeah. How, how much is my raise this year? Yeah. I Well, uh, one of the very first radio stations I worked for, that's how the general manager worked. You'd come in and sit down with him, and instead of talking to you, he would write it on a piece of paper and then slide it across the desk. <laughs> and I'd be <laughs> very like... Very dramatic. I'd be like, the, the, you're, I would never be like, you're kidding, right? If I wanted to, but it would be like, is there any room there? <laughs> well, how about this? These damn DJs. I'm like, <laughs> like, come on. I mean, that's... And it was always that that feeling like you were going to be grateful for whatever you got. Uh, yeah. Not really, but yeah, I, I I'll mean, see you next year. I mean, everyone always feels that they're providing more value than they're being paid for, which is true where the business doesn't work because mm-hmm. um, there's yeah. other bills than just labor. Yes. Um, so, you know, if you make 40 grand a year, uh, yeah, you better be providing six figures in value sure to the so. company. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of other bills too. So if you don't do, hey, everyone gets a 
particular review based tied to salary, how do then do you do raises? Do they come ask for it? Do you do you see them doing well? You put them in different positions, or I mean, how do your people then get more money? Yeah, so it's probably not as formulaic as it should be. Pandemic it's, happens, it's and you need l- to keep them. Yeah, right. It's a little bit, a little bit of all what you just said. So typically, when we bring someone in at the sixty day mark, a lot of them we will have a set increase. So they're in kind of like a trial period. Now, I will tell you, recent hires we we've, we've stopped that because um, we had to give them the higher wage to get them to start. Yeah. Um, Beyond that, out the gate, I, I look every few months at, at where they're at, how they're doing, uh, what value they're providing, what it would cost to replace them based on now I know what their skill set is and what they can do. And, and it has to do with what they know and what they're doing. Um, you know, if they're doing a job that literally someone can walk in and be trained in 20 minutes, that's one thing. If they you know, know, know 20 specialized skill sets and if they walk out the door, we're incredibly mm-hmm. screwed. There's that's, a huge difference. A um, so there's continually checking on that. Uh, every employee, I have a, a spreadsheet that has the date and their wage history. Um, so I can kind of see patterns in that and what we've done and what we're not. Do they walk in and ask for a raise? Yeah, that's happened before too. Um, for some, they don't come frequent enough or feel like uh, maybe the job duties have expanded drastically. By the way, uh, people don't like to come in and ask for Wage increases. Mm, yeah, well, most people, salespeople are great with that. They don't sure. to talk money, but most people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and as employers, that blindsides us a little bit because, you know, it is what it is. We'll talk about money. That's what we do all day long. Um, whereas it will really irritate a lot of frontline staff members to have to do that. And, and I've had that conversation before, too. So do you try to get to them before they have to go through the painful process of asking it's, to you for it? It's definitely much better because... Uh, I imagine there's a fair amount that won't ask. They'll just start looking elsewhere. Yeah, which is a downside. Because they don't, it's just not in their nature to create that confrontational Mm -hmm. in their mind. And they view it as confrontational, even if it's just simply asking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been hit with some requests for pretty substantial increases before. Pretty much, you know, okay, let me consider that. Mm -hmm. Back off, get my ego out of the way. Yeah. You know, don't look at, oh, holy crap, that's going to be a lot of money out of my pocket now, which is not anywhere near as large as the people think it is. So how much emotion when something like that happens? Because I know you, you're kind of an X and O's systematic kind of guy. When you are when you take your ego out of it, do you, is it still a systems decision or is there something to do with, I think this person emotionally, mentally, team-wise brings a lot to my team above and beyond physical skill sets or do you just do it x and y's it's both so i mean every everyone that works here is like i said they're providing more value than you know what they're being paid they have to so the question is how much can i increase that without just completely killing the company it's a growing company growing companies eat cash as is so the business owner has to weigh multiple things you know the the staff member is worried about their pay external equity etc the business owner is also like okay if this person gets this where else am I going to have to pull back or how can I get them to create additional value to pay for that and more? Um, there's almost never a situation where there's just, you know, in, in the owner's head, extra money laying around to throw mm-hmm. out stuff. Um, when we added the 401k, I had to look at how much that was going to cost. You know, it, it it's a continual cost. It, it's every, every pay period. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, Cause we're matching on that um, pretty well. But uh, yeah, so the, the business owner has to look at the state, the health, financial health of the company, mm-hmm. which is irrelevant to the employee. 
I mean, yeah, they care. I, I mean, they, they care want, to an extent. They want to be in a secure environment, but at the same point, they can find employment elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, unless they have an equity stake, should they really care about how much money is in retained earnings? Or well, that's interesting. I don't know. It's a whole other conversation about equity in a company versus just paying somebody a salary. Um, you and I have had conversations in the past about whether or not it's worth, like, even in my business where I have a bunch of part-time people who are all valuable to what I do, do I give them any kind of stake in the profit at the end of the year to make them happy or to keep them happy or to, in lieu of giving them another $4 an hour? Yeah, and I don't remember what I told you at that point. We discussed it, but my thought right now is vast majority of employees are not entrepreneurial enough to consider that. It's exactly what you told me then. You're like, it doesn't matter to them as much. Yeah. You, it will not make the impact on them that you think it will. There is a certain type that it, that it will, but yeah. it has to be an entrepreneurial minded one um, because it's, it's abstract mm-hmm. and it's really not within their control either. Marginally. Yeah. Cause you can only control what little bit you value bring you bring, but yeah, I think a, a set amount per hour or whatever, or per week or whatever is a lot different than saying, I'll get, I'll cut you into 4% of what we make at the end of the year. Yeah. Then you also have to, in a, in a theory, you have to give them more information about your financials and how you're doing and <laughs> yeah. your business and which they won't make any sense of anyway. Yeah. They don't get it. Um, yeah. I guess the only other thing, you know, when I had the entertainment business is a little different I was, for the most part, that was casual part-time labor. So I, I would throw raises more frequently. Um, I would do it more publicly. Like we would literally be in the field and, and I, you know, if you could, if everyone on the team could see someone's going above and beyond, I, I, Okay, we're going to increase your wage 50 cents a dollar on Monday. You know, they, oh, that's cool. They all had a pretty good idea of what each other were making, but I wasn't telling them the dollar amount. Yeah. But, you know, and then, you know, everyone is doing a little more. Um, so, yeah, I, I would recognize behaviors when I saw it and, and try and make sure that it improved. And uh, in that type of environment where they're working so few hours, that really didn't amount to much money at the end of the day. No, that's true. And I've seen that even with the raises I've given to the, some of the same people you had for working for you. Although now almost four and a half years later, I have one employee, one person that works for me yep. that worked for you. Everybody else has gone or has moved on or yep. decided to go do something else. Yeah. So I, I, I would do that fairly regularly there. Um, and it was almost exclusively merit based. There was nothing scheduled in that company. Mm-hmm. Cause again, it was, it was expected that it was a part-time turnover type position for the most part. Yeah. If someone became key, we would, They'd be a lot more in the loop of what was going on. Well, I have learned over with some of the people that have left and the person I've retained and myself, it is a different scenario than the company you have now. It is a situation where if I get someone again that I find to be really valuable, I'd be a lot more inclined to to try to keep them Yep, because it is something that is almost a hobby to them. The thought of me finding the next guy who loves DJing and office work and setup and photo booths and all things combined are like the mini me of when I was 20 is it's not going to happen. I haven't found them yet. I'm not going to find them. Well, and, and for that, that part-time worker for you, if you throw them a dollar an hour raise, that might cost you 500 bucks over the course of the year. Yep. You know, you got a full-time staff member, you give a dollar an hour wage, that's $2,000 a year plus the taxes on top of it. It's a completely different game and it doesn't sound like that to them. No, not at all. I, I don't know. I find that like, and I know you used to do a lot of this stuff too, Money talks, and and this is mostly pre-pandemic for me, like nineteen. But I find like just like doing cool stuff for them, like oh, hey, yeah. Yeah, grab oh, your yeah. grab your family. Let's all go to. We're all going to go to a movie tonight, and I'll I'll buy the pizza, 
I don't do that all the time, but that does kind of work. It like just team, you call it team building or whatever, but it doesn't always have to be a straight dollar amount. Although I find that if it's just like, oh, let's all go get some pizza or go bowling. If you don't do it a fair amount you know, often, it doesn't have the same effect either. You can't do it every Friday though either. No, expected. yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because well, when it's expected, then it's trouble. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's, I mean, we do stuff like that every once in a while around here too, or we'll do contests. You know, like right now in the fulfillment center, they have the quote high score for number of pieces out in a day, and yeah, you know, whatever day they happen to beat that on in the future, we're gonna split a hundred bucks. Um, you know, we got a couple Segway scooters here that we screw around. Did they finally come in? Oh, not only have they come in, we've upgraded the batteries and the, course. High, the high speed already. Of course. So, um, you know, that's a lot of fun. We try and have, you know, if anything, the job has to be enjoyable. I mean, it's not it's enjoyable 100% of the time. What's well, building culture? You're building a place that people want to work. Well, what's, what the hell's the point if people don't actually enjoy going in? Well, no. I mean, well, that's that's the point of our grandfathers who worked at the same shop for 50 years and took their paycheck and got their, yeah. their watch at the end of it and went home. Now... I try and find people that it's a given. They come in and work hard, mm-hmm. and then we can do that no problem. That makes sense. And by the way, when you find those people, if you have mediocre people, they don't get along very well. No, because <laughs> there's an expectation, I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no one likes to work with someone who isn't pulling their share, yeah. or at least the person who is motivated doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But once you, once you have that and everything's gelling, it's you know, a good environment, and at that point, the pay conversation becomes, let's make sure pay is fair. And let's make sure we flood as many non-financial compensation things and uh, benefits and perks and things that are of value as we possibly can. Um, I mean, we just did, uh, now I'll offend some people that weren't the, quote, top-tier clients, but we did, we did A-level client gifts here for about a dozen people. Um, and I made sure we made enough extra boxes that all the staff got one as well. And they didn't know that till after they were done building their own gift. But, That's cool. You know, and that was worth 150 bucks or so yeah um so yeah i mean treat your people fair make sure that the wage is quote fair which is always up for debate you know we well went, we went right. all the factors it is is up you, you mentioned earlier that you recently have gone away from the 60 day like yeah. bonus bump or whatever because you're paying them more in the beginning are you finding you don't have to give me dollar amounts because i'm seeing this right now in trying to hire part-time people because we're finally ramping up after COVID with weddings and corporate events. I am now offering twice as much per hour as I did in 2019 and I'm having a hard time finding people. Yeah, now we, we haven't doubled wages. Um, Again, I'm very specialized in a weekend part-time only position, but I am offering literally twice as much an hour and I'm getting the same crappy leads I've gotten for a year. Yes, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it's not surprising, but it, it is crazy. Um, no, we, we haven't, it's not, it wasn't that substantial of a wage, uh, difference between what the 60 day, uh, we're also rolling the benefits earlier now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just changed, um, 401k requirement. So originally it was three months and it's fully vested and you can start accruing and the same with time off. I think paid time off and holidays is two months, all that stuff. That's still staying at two uh, the 401k did have a requirement. You had to be 21 years old. I'm rolling that back down to 18 now because one of our five key staff here, she's 18. She's doing awesome. And you know what? That 401k, if she actually contributes and we match right now, is going to be worth more to her in oh, yeah. 40 years than it ever is to any of the rest of my staff. Mm-hmm. And she's 
probably ain't going to be here in 40 years, but uh, yeah, hopefully she looks back on that and uh, thinks fondly on the company. All right, we have gone way, way over. Uh, some good things to think about. Hopefully uh, you make any necessary changes. Uh, there's no right or wrong on any of this. That's why no one talks about it, and uh, no one talks about it publicly for the most part. But uh, we're all in the same boat. Every, everyone's tied to everyone here. So we'll be back uh, next episode, and we're going to talk about Hey, we're back to direct mail again. Thanks for listening to the Profit 911 podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave your comments. For more information on how Profit 911 Consulting can help grow your service business, visit profit911.biz.